Hey guys, Abel here, back with another video. And in this video, let's talk about training volume because this is also something that I received a lot of good questions on in the past couple of weeks. And I promised that I would summarize my recent takes on volume and why recently I became a much bigger proponent of lower volumes or at least considering lower volume training in general upon programming and putting together a training split. And um, what I would like to start with is that what you're going to take away from what I'm about to tell you is largely dependent on you. As in, you will either simply conclude from my story that ABLE responds to low volume, which is definitely a legit conclusion to make. But I think another good conclusion that you could take away from all of this is that it's potentially worth considering that if you're currently feeling like you're just working way too hard compared to what you're getting out of your training, or if you're crushing yourself with tons and tons of volume and frequency, and you're spending a lot of time in the gym, and you don't have too much to show for, and if all of those are happening while you're not an advanced lifter, in fact, you're at best an intermediate lifter, then it's potentially worth considering that you could be benefiting from much less volume than what you're currently doing. Uh, because if you're an advanced lifter, it's sort of part of the game and it's a realization that every advanced lifter pretty much has to make that at some point you need to work disproportionately much, much harder compared to the amount of gains that you can expect to still make. Which is, I guess, the point where a lot of advanced lifters will actually make the decision that it's just not worth it to try to keep pushing for for more gains and it's um, potentially easier to just settle for maintenance at that point and focus on other areas of their lives. But that's a decision that everybody has to make for him or herself. But for guys that are in the intermediate stage, which I might add is, is something that I think a lot of us tend to get overly generous with kind of, I think that if you ask anybody pretty much who is consuming content on YouTube or, or anywhere with regards to training and you ask them what their training gauge is, I would say that probably 100% of those guys would say that they are intermediate lifters. And if I look at look back at the amount of time for which I've been saying that I'm an intermediate lifter, I would say that for a good chunk of that time, I was at best a novice. I mean, uh, as I'm recording this, I will try to find some pictures upon the some of those times on which I will be reflecting on in this little storytelling. Because, I mean, if you look at my physique at the time and you contrast it with the physique I have now, which is by no means amazing, but if you put those two together, I mean, it was at best a, a novice lifter at the time. But I was still considering myself as an intermediate and I was putting together my training program accordingly. And I guess another important lesson to take away from my story, which you'll be hearing shortly, is that uh, with me, you're seeing a guy who kind of came up following some of the best evidence-based practitioners in the field and I was aware pretty early on in my development with the benefits of volume in training. And I was eager to make the most amount of progress that I could make in the fastest manner possible. And I was also willing to structure my training accordingly. And I was doing high volume training for a long time. I was willing to give it a shot for as long as possible. And I was willing to give it as honest of a try as possible. And it didn't work for me. And I tried something else and that did work. So. With that short preamble, uh, let's get into my brief story with training volume, which actually will not be so brief of a story. So I guess let's backtrack to maybe two, maybe three years prior to this, which is when I really became familiar with kind of the general volume recommendations. I think initially I came across some rep recommendations per week. So I read Eric Helms's Muscle and Strength Pyramids book. 
I watched his videos as well. I got certified under Menno Henselmans' Bayesian Bodybuilding Certification Program. And I, I read some of the, a lot of the stuff that these uh, individuals put out. I also came across Mike Isratel's Volume Landmarks concept. And I heard that, you know, an intermediate lifter is likely to benefit from upping his or her training volume to the, you know, in the ballpark of maybe 16 to 20 sets per week. So me, as an ambitious young male lifter, I heard those recommendations and I was like, okay, so if it's somewhere between maybe 15 to 16 up to 20, then I will start out with something like 18 sets per week. So I started doing that and I was ambitious. I was in the gym on average six to seven times a week. I was working hard. I was pushing my workouts with pretty high RPEs or pretty low reps in reserves. And I was doing high volume training for the most part. And it didn't really work out for me. I was spinning my wheels a lot. I was making pretty slow strength progressions, if any, uh, but it didn't concern me that much because I heard some conflicting advice on how fast of a, a progress or strength increases you should be expecting as an intermediate lifter, or you know, some guys don't even necessarily push for additional strength increases over weeks, but rather just look for accumulating volume over weeks and then deload and, and then rinse repeat. So it didn't really concern me. What did concern me somewhat is the pretty frequent niggles and inflammation that I got in my joints, which was definitely not something to my liking. But even I was a bit confused as to what to make of that because uh, some individuals in the field said that if you're making strength, then that's a sign that your body is sufficiently adapting and recovering from training. So joint stress shouldn't be an issue. So I was like, well, I am getting some joint stress, but maybe I'm just an outlier and this is just something that I need to accept if I want to make the best gains possible. So I just kept pushing pretty hard. And, you know, to be honest, I enjoyed being in the gym. And to me, it was such a therapeutic kind of mental relief being in the gym and pushing myself hard there that even progress was somewhat secondary to me at the time. But over time, of course, just like you inevitably get fed up with anything that doesn't work for extended periods of time, I started looking for some better answers for my problems. And I came across this podcast episode that Berge Fagerli did with Juma Iraki. I hope I'm pronouncing his name, uh, Iraki Nutrition. That's the name of his podcast. And um, I w listened to this interview with Berge and um, I was, of course, curious as to what he had to say because he kind of comes from a similar school of thought uh, that I've been brought up on in, in terms of bodybuilding. So he's a high frequency uh, kind of training guy. And I remember him saying that his connective tissue health is just not really well put together for high volume, heavy training, and he tends to get burnt out. So that to me was a pretty almost relieving thing to hear that someone like him who is coming from this high frequency training philosophy is actually acknowledging that someone's connective tissue can be just not too well put together for high volume, high frequency training. And um, so that piqued my interest right away. And eventually I actually decided to reach out to him and ask for coaching. And I told him that, look, um, I'm interested in becoming the best me I can be. And I want to build the best body I can build, but I want to be in this game for, for the next 40 years, preferably at least, you know, and I'm in my early twenties and I'm already pretty banged up and, uh, I don't know how much I can keep doing this. And I wonder if you could help me, you know, um, can we work together? So uh, he came back to me and said, uh, look, I think this is something I could help you with. Uh, so great, we started working together. And uh, you know, I, I sent him a pretty detailed description as to what my problems are and what my situation was in terms of injury history and training history. And the first thing he told me was, I think we should lower your training frequency because it's clear from your description that your body is just inflamed to the max. So I was like, what the hell? 
this high training frequency guy is telling me to lower my training frequency. Uh, so we did that. And I remember him initially putting me on a training, training volume amount, which was obscenely low compared to what I was doing before. I mean, like I said, I, I was coming from on average between 16 to 20 working sets per week for my muscle groups, a bit lower for the muscle groups, which were less important and more for my prettier muscles, like my chest and stuff like that. And um, I think initially the average volume, set volume per week per muscle group for my upper body was about six sets, if I recall correctly. Uh, so we started working with that and, you know, it was really hard for me to accept, but I was like, okay, you know what, at worst, it's going to be like a short rehab protocol or something. But what was interesting is that I actually started making pretty good gains, which, you know, for the first couple of weeks, at least, with anything new that you, you try, you shouldn't assign that much significance if you're making good progress or something. Because if you're going on a new program, which you're not used to, you will make some good strength progressions for the first one or two weeks, unless it's something completely idiotic, like 40 sets per muscle group per week. But what was interesting is that actually this uh, good strength progression just kept happening week after week after week. And after two months, I was still making good pro progress. And what was also interesting is that my joint flare-ups and the inflammation in my shoulder especially just went up completely, which was almost weird for me at the time. I mean, to be honest, the constant niggles and aches and pains just almost became built into my homeostasis at that point. So it was a really strange feeling to not feel crushed after my workouts all the time. And I was still making good progress, but you know, because it was so low volume, I kind of just felt a little bit uneasy about the whole thing throughout the whole process. Um, but nevertheless, we ended up working together, I think for a total of maybe three months at the time. So we started working together in October or so. And I think we separated in like mid December or something. Um, so I had some psychological issues at the time. Uh, so kind of went bonkers with training soon after, and I just started kind of crushing myself with high volumes and high frequency after that, uh, got burnt out really quickly again, got flared up and had aches and pains really soon after that. So I kept doing that for a little while, but you know, now that I actually experienced how it was like to actually not feel banged up all the time, I quickly came to my senses and eventually actually returned to him and said, look, uh, here I am again. Could we work together again? And could you help with my programming once again? So he said, okay, sure. Uh, he put together another training program for me. Uh, at this time, it was a little bit higher volume, but it was still much, much lower than what I was doing before. So I believe at that point, or I'm sure actually at that point, it was a, on average, the set volume per body part per week was nine sets. And the training frequency per muscle group was three. On some muscle groups, it was only two. And I think the highest set volume for any given muscle group was 12, I think for biceps, but it depends on how you count volume from things like uh, face pulls or pull downs. If you don't count those, then it was also maybe like six to nine or something like that. And then I was making really, really good progress. I mean, I was stronger basically on some movements literally every week, on some other movements every other week. And also keep in mind that I was in a fat loss phase during this period. So for the first two months of us working together this time, I was cutting and I was making really, really good progress. And my joints just felt really good. Basically nothing ever hurt. And you know, I had some unease about having this low volume program again, but it was a five day split, three days uh, muscle group frequency per week. So I was not too dissatisfied or didn't feel too uneasy. I still tried negotiating, adding in some stuff here and there, but he always kind of shut me down saying, look, 
don't be OCD, you're making great progress. Don't try to fix what, what's ain't broken. I think the most that I could negotiate out of him was maybe a couple of extra sets of lateral raises to get some extra side delt stimulation. But on the whole, uh, I was making excellent progress. And upon after about two months, we switched over to a bulk and we ended up working together for about four months. And at the end of it, we got separated again. I kind of went on my own ways once again. And, but I kept rolling with his program. And that was the time when this really drastic life change occurred in my life, which uh, if you haven't heard that episode, it's called, Are you, uh, it was called uh, My Rapid Fat Loss Story. Uh, so if you haven't heard that, I recommend you check it out. It's a really good story about how I lost about a good solid 5% body fat over the course of three or four weeks. And it's also a pretty epic love story. So I recommend that you check that one out. But I went on my own ways and um, I went into a rapid fat loss protocol at that point and went down from maybe 15, 16% body fat down to a legit 10% body fat. And I kept rolling with his program, but I modified it somewhat because frankly, that was a time when I just needed the therapeutic psychological benefits from training more than anything because I was geared up to the max in terms of excitement because of this new person that entered into my life. And also I was writing my thesis for uni at the time. So I had basically infinite control over my time. I was at home for most of the day. So I just needed that one hour in the gym every single day. I had no weekdays or weekends, basically all days were just the same. So I just wanted to be in the gym seven days a week. So basically all I did was I just cut out the rest days from my program with Berge. So instead of having five workout days and having two rest days somewhere some somewhere interspersed um, within those those workout days i just took those out so i had one two three four five one two three four five back to back so i was in the gym seven days a week and what this did effectively with my program is that it rounded up the set volume per muscle group from about nine sets to about 12 sets on average and uh, what that did basically was i recall really clearly that strength progress was still good but it was just a little bit slower at that point and my joint aches and pains went from zero to like a little bit here and there so i still didn't hurt for the most part but i had some additional niggles here and there but it was still very manageable on the whole and it was basically just on the edge of what i could recover from but granted i was cutting pretty aggressively at the time and um Looking back, I guess if I had to use some Mike Isratelian terminology here, it would be, I basically just found the upper, upper end of my MAV or my maximal adaptive volume at which I could still eke out good training progression. But what's even more interesting to note here is that once I was done with my cut and I got down to 10% body fat, which was as lean as I've only been approximately a year prior to that, I had to realize that I was a good five or six kilos heavier than what I was the last time that I was at that body fat percentage, which also meant that if I looked back at my prior year, which a good seven months of that was spent being coached by Berge, which meant that I was doing pretty low volumes and at least another two was also spent following his programming. It meant that I just gained a ton of muscle without doing a ton of volume. And before that, I was spinning my wheels endlessly doing a shit ton of volume. So nevertheless, it was some food for thought. And uh, me being uh, an impatient OCD male at the time, I had the mindset of, okay, I just finished with this cut. Now I'm going to be going into a lean bulking phase. If I made these really good gains on low volumes, 
imagine how much better gains I can make now with a little bit higher volume and eating more food. So, you know, even just saying this now, it sounds ridiculous, but keep in mind, I was just so attached at the time of the psychological uh, therapeutic benefits of the gym once again, that my thinking just wasn't entirely clear and rationale when it, when it came to my own programming. And, you know, I also had the thought process of, you know, Berge is awesome. He is a true, wise godfather of bodybuilding, but, you know, he may have a little bit of an overly conservative, protective mindset. So if I have someone who understands me a little bit better, you know, and uh, wants to get me to the best that I can be, that I can make even better progress. So I remember reaching out to a guy who, um, I knew was also coming from a very similar schooling in terms of bodybuilding that I was coming from. I think he was also certified under Menno Henselmans and a mutual friend of ours was doing some programming with him. So I reached out to him and I told him, look, um, I remember exactly my verbiage that I used. I said, look, I made these awesome progress with Berge, but I feel like I can push a little bit harder. And I mean, looking back, it was absolute horseshit because like I said, I pretty much with Bergen afterwards, I just found that upper threshold of volume that was beneficial for me and I could still adapt well to. But you know, the OCD impatient male brain that I had at the time took the better of me. So I started working together with this guy and you know, since I knew that the schooling that he got was similar to what I have gotten previously, I pretty much knew what I was in for. So I didn't have a huge surprise when I saw the, saw the progr programming that he put together for me. And it was an ABC, like three workouts uh, back to back. And I was meant to repeat those two times per week. So it was six sessions at a time, but I, was, I also had the permission to train seven days a week if I wanted to. And that translated to 16 to 20 working sets per week per body part. So I started doing that and I was excited as fuck to start doing that finally because I was lean. So I had this awesome insulin sensitivity. I was finally eating a lot of food. So cool, I'm going to be amazing. And, you know, even upon the first couple of workouts, I pretty much felt that I was pretty crushed from all of that volume, but I was so excited and I still enjoyed being in the gym so much that I just r kept rolling with it. And, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks, uh, I was just crushed as fuck, you know? It's one thing that I didn't make strength progressions and I was completely stalled out on practically everything, but my body was just a giant piece of rack. Like, one thing that I will never forget is my upper back area, like my rhomboids, traps, which is typically not the area that most people tend to injure. And I didn't injure it per se, but it, it was so inflamed. One thing I will never forget is going out with someone and I was sitting in this bar talking to someone and I remember just counting the minutes when I could finally leave because I couldn't sit on my chair. My back was just so inflamed. So uh, it was clear that it was way too much, the, the volume that I was doing at the time. So uh, I ended up modifying it over time and eventually be separated with this guy. It wasn't really the right fit in any, in any, by any means at any way. So I went on my own and kind of modified my training, but I still kept, still kept doing high volumes for the most part. And, you know, fast forward a couple of months, I don't want to go over month by month as to what I was doing in terms of set volume per week. But bottom line is that I was doing pretty high volumes for the most part. And, you know, over time, it kind of started to dawn on me more and more that, um, look, like I enjoy being in the gym and I like crushing myself. There's an inherent pleasure that I got from this, but I, I'm not sure that I need the therapeutic effect of the gym anymore as much. You know, it's sure it is therapeutic, but, you know, like I just don't really want to have this two and a half hour gap in the middle of my day every single day, you know, including the training, the warm up, the changing room, the commuting, the post-workout meal and everything. Um, 
I'm kind of just tired of feeling crushed and kind of burnt out and under-recovered all the time. So I kind of just started to become increasingly just sick of spinning my wheels. And there came the time when I read this Facebook post from Berge, which uh, honestly, it came at the perfect time for me because it basically just vocalized a lot of the thoughts which were emerging in my head over the course of the previous few months. And I even did a podcast episode on that one. If you haven't heard of it, heard it yet, it's called Are You Doing Too Much Volume? It's on my YouTube channel. I will link it in the show notes here. Um, but I remember reading that post, which was basically about people thinking that they need way more volume than they actually need. And I remember just reading that post and the reality just kept punching me in the face with every line that I read in that Facebook post. So it really gave me a really harsh reality, reality check that I've been just spinning my wheels for the past couple of months. And if I actually want to progress and not just be in the gym all the time, that I need to do something differently. Um, so I right then decided that I'm going to take a week off from the gym, uh, which was kind of one of the recommendations that he made in that post. I recall being kind of ill at the time, so it was kind of handy from that standpoint. And upon returning to the gym after that one week, I decided that I'm just going to start out with something really, really minimalistic, which really in practice meant returning to something similar to what Berge had put me on before. So it was basically a, a nine to 10 sets per muscle group per week on average. I think the highest volume that I did was for my, my rear and side delts combined, which was about 10, 12 sets per week. And I was in the gym only four days a week, and basically what I did was really, really simplistic. I simply picked three exercises for most muscle groups on average, and I just did three sets for each, and I just distributed them over three different workout days. And I ended up spending four total days in the gym. So for example, for chest, I remember doing bench presses, flies, and push-ups, three sets each. I just put them on three different workout days and just kept rolling with that. And surprise, surprise, once again, I started making good strength gains and good gains, even visually. And, you know, once again, for the first one or two weeks, I didn't make too much of this because maybe I was just rebounding from all that high volume that I did and I was peaking in a way. But, you know, now was the first time, I think, when basically everything came together, that I had both the food on my side, I was also lean, and I was also doing only a moderate amount of volume. And, I mean, honestly, my gains were... This was the first time in a really, really long time when it almost felt week to week like I was just getting bigger. And this was also the first time when even other people started noticing. Like I re remember just occasionally doing the occasional flexing selfie like with my triceps or something and sending it to my girlfriend jokingly or something. And even she got back to me saying like, holy shit, you're getting huge. And like, is it just me or you just get got wider? And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's maybe I'm just bullshitting myself, but it really seems like I got noticeably bigger from one month to the next. So basically I kept rolling with this for the upcoming months and and I would say that really over this period, I once again made what was close to the gains that I made the year prior, which was really pretty much my new stage, newbie gains at that point. And over the course of the upcoming couple of months here and there, I got tempted now and again to experiment with higher training volumes once again. One period that comes to mind really vividly was when the Christmas period came up and I was like, okay, so I'm probably going to be eating more food, so I should make use of all those extra nutrients, so I should do some more volume to get some additional nutrient partitioning or something. It didn't accomplish anything except that I got some elbow tendinosis. Um, but, you know, I repeated some of these 
getting tempted by higher volumes and then returning to what worked well before and making good progress again a couple of times once again. But really, it got solidified more than anything that I just respond to a low to moderate amount of volume, at least at this point of my training development. So finally, I guess uh, let's talk about what is the conclusion from this story. Is it that everybody should just uh, cut their volume in half because I did it and succeeded with it? No, absolutely not. However, I think, once again, it might be worth for all of you to take an honest look in the mirror. If something is not working, I think you should be moving forward from there. If you're doing low volume right now and you're spinning your wheels, maybe try doing more. However, if you're doing a ton of volume right now, maybe the solution is actually to do less. And I think that as long as you're in that blessed stage of your development, when you can still pretty much look for clear feedback on your progress week to week, which is things like strength gains and adding weight to the bar, I think why not take advantage of that really fortunate state which you're in? And I think that uh, the landscape kind of over time shifted from guys just crushing themselves in the gym with tons of intensity and pushing to failure all the time and milking that for what it's worth. And, you know, when they eventually get frustrated because they are not able to add weight to the bar anymore, then someone looks over their programming who has a bit more experience. And then that person will tell them, look, dude, maybe you shouldn't kill yourself that much in the gym every week. Maybe you should find some smart way to do a little bit more total work, but a bit more submaximally and distribute your work over multiple sessions in the, during the week. Um, I think that was kind of a lot more prevalent in the previous generation of lifters. Whereas now, as kind of the evidence-based practice is becoming more and more widespread, I think now we have more people who are just getting way too sophisticated for their own good with their programming and are just going way ahead of themselves with volume and frequency. And then actually they would probably benefit from someone looking at their program and say, look, dude, like, did you actually get stronger over this, this past year? And then they would say, well, I don't really know because my programming is not set up in a way where I max out that frequently. So maybe I got stronger, but I'm doing a lot of submaximal work. So yeah, I guess I got stronger, but you know, maybe their problem then is, well, that's why you're not getting bigger because you're actually not pushing yourself hard in the gym and you should perhaps focus more on quality and intensity and less on volume. So that's kind of another thing to, to keep in mind here. And I'm not saying that trying to get as strong as, as possible on a few key lifts is the best way to get bigger. However, I think we have just too much anecdotal evidence and people who have built fantastic physiques using very, very simplistic programs by just working hard in the gym in the sense that they were pushing pretty close to failure uh, for the most part with a pretty moderate amount of volume and just focused on getting stronger over time. Eventually they all plateaued and that's when they started to do more sophisticated, more meticulous sort of programming and doing a lot more submaximal work, maybe accumulate volumes over weeks and then just uh, push for, for failure every once in a while. But I think it's much, much later in our development when all those strategies actually become necessary. And um, I also just took a moment and looked at some of these kind of cookie cutter programs that are out there. And, uh, you know, just successful fitness professionals in the field who are content producers and have put out some training templates and have large amounts of uh, communities built up from the testimonials that they have. And pretty much all of them hover around these values of 9 to 12-ish sets 
per muscle group per week, or at least for those muscle groups that these programs prioritize. And, and one other thing that's also worth keeping in mind is that even guys that we think of as higher volume proponents are actually often doing less volume than we think. Like I just checked out the other day, Alberto Nunez, who I think is um, kind of commonly known as a guy who is doing high-ish volume training. And uh, because I heard that his training program is available and you can view it online and I found his spreadsheet under one of his YouTube videos and it's like 12 sets per muscle group per week. It's not, it's not low volume, but it's not exactly too high volume either. So I think that's another thing worth keeping in mind. So anyway, basically my main message is that if something is not working, then just try doing something else. You have nothing to lose. And I think that in general, if you can get something good out of not crushing yourself, then just why not take advantage of that? All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a comment and subscribe if you watch this on YouTube. If you listen to this on iTunes, please leave a rating to help this stuff grow. SoundCloud and Podbeam, you can just follow me to be notified on future episodes. And to be a contributing member of this podcast, join the Sustainable Self-Development Facebook group where you can drop ideas about future podcasts. I very often ask my listeners for tips and advice on who to get on next. So if you're interested in getting into discussions like that, be sure to join the Facebook group. And if you don't want to go through the searching process, just click one of those links in the show notes slash video description. It is all there. All right. Thanks for hanging around up until now and see you next time.